loves me and he will stay he will never leave you even through all of eternity even after 10,000 years it will be like the first day won't it close beside me all the way all the way to him all the way to eternity with him praise the Lord Isaiah chapter 53. Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we were esteemed not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Again, we're thankful that each of you are here this morning. It's so good to have Isaiah back here with us. We love Isaiah. He's always in our prayers. Thankful for him. All right. Go back with me to Isaiah 53. Brother James done got us started this morning. He's done got us fired up. Reading Isaiah 53. I said this earlier. Let me say it again. When Isaiah said in Isaiah 53 verse 1, Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? This was revealed to him by God himself. Now, he says, Who hath believed our report? 
who has believed the account, the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ? That's a good question today, isn't it? Who believes us? We're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, but who's believing it? To us, it appears appears to be a small percentage, doesn't it? It does. Those who believe the truth that Jesus Christ, God, is absolutely sovereign in all things. There are few that truly believe that. Now, I'm not saying they're the only ones that saved, because I know better than that. I'm not one to limit God. Nothing's impossible with God. Though it's impossible with men, salvation, the Lord said, all things are possible with God. All right. Who hath believed our report? Who believed Noah? Noah preached repentance. Who believed him? Eight people. I believe there were millions of people on the earth in that day. And if you calculate how long they lived and how many sons and daughters they had, I think you realize that too. There were a lot of people on earth. It wasn't just a handful of people. Eight people were saved. Percentage-wise, that's pretty small, isn't it? That seems to be true today. We preach the gospel of Jesus Christ according to the Scriptures. Isaiah, way before the time of Jesus Christ, told about Him in great detail. He only could have known these things about the Christ, the anointed one of God, the Son of God who would come down because... They were revealed to him of God. Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Who is the arm of the Lord? Well, it's Jesus Christ, isn't it? Well, where is he seated? He's seated at the right hand of God, isn't he? He is the arm of the Lord. In Acts 13, Paul, preaching at Antioch, said that the arm of the Lord with a high hand, brought the children of God out of the land of Egypt. It was Him, it was the arm of the Lord who was there. Now, Isaiah begins to reveal this person, the type of person he would be. Again, 700 years about that between them. He says in verse 2, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. The love, mercy, and the grace of God in Christ Jesus is what distinguishes those who believe in him. It's a gift from Him. He shall grow up before Him as a tender plant. He was a regular person. He was a normal boy, a child, an infant. 
as a tender plant. He humbled himself when he came to this earth. He was God himself. Nothing that was created was created without him. He was the creator. Yet Isaiah portrays him as he was to be, as he was to us. He shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a child, and as a root out of a dry ground. What about this child Jesus? Well, he had no sin. I've thought lots of times I would love to see a chair or a table or something that he made. He was a carpenter. He was a perfect child, but he was still a child. But what I want us to notice is that he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He was a regular Jewish child. He was a regular person. But there was something different about this person, about this man. A tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. When we are born... We receive from our fathers a nature. A nature that cannot be, in and of ourselves, overcome. It is a desire for sin because our father was a sinner. He too was born that way. Adam was not born that way. But he rebelled against God and he brought this fallen nature upon everyone, all of the human race. But what about this man, Jesus? Consider him. Did he have this fallen nature? No. Why? Well, he was born of a woman, but he was not born of a man. Joseph was not his physical father, was he? So that human nature that passed on to us, that we have all of our lives been imprisoned by, in bondage to, this nature of ours, it did not pass on to Jesus Christ. So what nature did he have? Well, who is his father? The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary, this virgin child, if you will, this virgin girl. And so Jesus Christ had the perfect nature of God, didn't he? He did. He had the perfect nature of God. He didn't have sin within him, not at all, not even the desire for sin. You see how God's design and plans are always perfect? We can depend on Jesus Christ as our Savior. Why? Because He qualified. Because He was accepted by God the Father. He was a normal human being. Then Isaiah goes on 
And he says he is despised and rejected of men. When I read that, my mind instantly takes me to those who crucified him. Those who lied against him. They had to lie because he had done no wrong. They had to bring false accusations because he lived a perfect life. But then I look a little deeper and I see myself. You see, Jesus Christ is and was despised and rejected of men by every man and every woman by nature. Before the Lord saved you, you didn't accept Him. You didn't know about Him. You didn't believe in Him. Why? Because it was against your nature. It was against your nature to want this man to rule over you, to uh, accept and receive that He is King over all. That He is the sovereign God of the universe and all the universes. He's so great. We don't know how many universes there are, do we? Certainly not. He was despised and rejected by me. But I praise Him this morning, and you should too, if you know Him, that He has revealed Himself to you. And He's revealing Himself to you today through Isaiah. Way back, way over 2,000 years ago. A lot of people say that all the Bible's not for us. But I want to tell you, there's something for you everywhere you read in this book. Yes, it was to the children of Israel. Yes, it was to certain people and certain prophets. But all of it has implications for you and your life today. You see, God doesn't change. The way He dealt with His people then is the same way He deals with His people now and today. All the things He did for us is because He loved us. Well, if He ever loved us, then He forever will love us, won't He? Because He doesn't change. We can count on Him. We can depend on Him. Yes, He was despised and rejected by me. And yes, that hurts for me to admit that. But I'm going to tell you, the sword of the Spirit of God cuts, doesn't it? It does. It cuts me. Because it reveals my natural hatred of God. That's hard for me to say. But it's true. In my natural self, my heart was enmity against God. That's what that means. I didn't want anything to do with Him. Oh, but He gets all the praise because He quickened my heart. And He showed me Himself. Even as Isaiah is depicting His character here in this 53... 53rd chapter of Isaiah. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. 
Have you ever been turned on by a friend? Have you ever felt that? What do you think Jesus felt? He loved us and we hated Him. He's a man of sorrows. Because those that He loved didn't love Him. He was acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from Him. There's that natural man again. We run from God, don't we? We hide from Him, don't we? Why? Because He shows us our sinful selves. But at the same time, in the same revelation, He shows us Himself. Don't you see? He is all in all. Everything that you need in any situation is found in Him. Oh, won't we seek Him? He was despised and we esteemed Him not. Surely He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Even though He did that because He loved us, yet we did esteem Him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. He knew what was coming, didn't He? In His humanity, not sinful humanity now, we've already established that He had a perfect spiritual nature in and about Him. But in His humanity, He asked the Father that this cup pass from Him, that He wouldn't have to drink of this power of God against sin because he hadn't sinned. But he came to do his Father's will. And so he continued this prayer in the garden by saying, but not my will be done, but thy will be done. Verse 5 says, Isaiah says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. Why does it hurt when we disobey him? Why does it hurt when we look back on yesterday and we see that we didn't do what we already knew God would want us to do in whatever situation we were in? Why does it hurt? Because he hurt for that transgression. He hurt for that sin. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. He shed His blood for you because He loved you. In the garden, the distress that His body was under even caused him to sweat, as it were, like drops of blood. That was a perfect blood. That anguish he went through was for you. They placed a crown of thorns on his head. What do you think a crown of thorns does when you mash it on somebody's head? 
It pierces, doesn't it? What comes from that? Blood. He didn't just bleed for you on the cross. He suffered and was bruised for you, for our iniquities. Oh, that's why we want to follow Him so closely. That's why we want to know how He lived His life so that we can copy His mannerisms, copy His attitude. We want to be like Him because He was perfect. And He loved us so much that He laid down that perfect life. And it hurt. He was a real human. Though we had the sinless nature of God, He was a real human. And he experienced real and severe pain. Oh, don't you realize how much he loved you this morning? He gave everything for you. Verse 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. I said earlier that if he didn't shepherd us, if he didn't lead us and direct us and continue to draw us closer to himself, we would go astray, wouldn't we? Verse 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. Every one of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But not our Savior. He pleased God the Father. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He had the opportunity to, didn't he? He did. But he was proceeding in what he knew was the will of God, the purpose that he was on this earth for. So he opened not his mouth and he let it happen. Let me tell you, nobody took Jesus' life. He gave it. And He gave it freely because of the love He had for you and for me. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before shears is dumb. He openeth not His mouth. He had all power in heaven and on earth. He could have stopped the proceedings at any time. But he didn't. He was taken from prison and from judgment. Who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people was he stricken. Over and over, Isaiah depicts him as he who has made the payment to God for us. For what? Our transgressions. Oh, He is a great Savior. He loves you this morning. He's never stopped loving you, nor will He ever stop loving you. He made His grave with the wicked and with the rich in His death because He had done no violence. All these details about Jesus known by Isaiah all these hundreds of years before because the Lord revealed these things to him 
Verse 10 says, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. It doesn't please a father to bruise his son, does it? Why? Because it's not natural. It's not natural. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. It pleased the Lord to put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. It pleased God. Why? Because of the love he has for you. Because of the glory in you that he saw coming in the future. Through Jesus Christ. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. Is God satisfied with you this morning? Is he satisfied with your life? If your life, your trust, your faith is in Jesus Christ, he is. He is satisfied with you because you're in Jesus Christ. And when he looks at you, he looks at you through that shed blood Oh, he showed it to us in the Garden of Eden, didn't he? He did. When he took the life of an animal of an animal and made coats for Adam and Eve to cover their sin. God sees right through human works to cover sin, doesn't he? We're pretty good at it. We're pretty good at hiding our faults, aren't we? At hiding our sins. Oh, but God is satisfied with Jesus Christ on your behalf. He shall see of the travail of his soul, verse 11, and he shall be satisfied by his knowledge. Shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. There it is again. He's hammering that into us over and over and over. He bore your iniquities. You're free from them now. Therefore, because, because by his knowledge my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities, therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. You see, that's me today. I'm the transgressor. But he bore the penalty for my transgressions on the tree. The tree that he grew. tell you, God's perfect plan is undeniable in Isaiah 53. His perfect plan is for you and for me.
Oh, when we trust in Him, when we live our lives counting on Him, standing on what He's done for us on the cross of Calvary, we are strong. We are the strong in Him. Oh, He's a great Savior, isn't He? His plan is perfect. And His plan never changes. It doesn't need to. Our plans change because we see faults. We see problems. We see issues with our plan. Not His plan. His plan is perfect. Oh, I hope that you're counting on Him for your salvation this morning because He sees through all human works. Like the fig leaves that Adam and Eve made aprons from to cover their sin, to cover their nakedness. I've said it many times. It worked in their eyes. They couldn't see each other's nakedness because of the works of their hands. But God could. But He depicted His Son hanging on the cross and shedding His blood for you when He took the life of an animal. He made those coats of skins and He covered them with them. Then He looked upon them as He does you through the sacrifice of His perfect Son. What a Savior.